This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What's up, fam? Welcome back to the World That's Good podcast. Today on the podcast, I have Morgan Harpoon. I just totally, totally. It's okay. Liter- it's a lot you know of what's names. hilarious? We literally were just talking about before I even started this podcast about how I botched the words to a song of her sister's, and now here I am, and I'm bumbling your own name, Morgan Harper Nichols. You are incredible, and I'm thankful to have you on the podcast. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Really, thank you. You know, what's funny is um, after I got married, Sadie Robertson became Sadie Robertson Huff. And people do the same thing to me. There's like always this confusion on, so oh, do yeah. you say Sadie Huff, Sadie Rob, Sadie Rob Huff, all the things. And so. Yes. Welcome. Welcome to, welcome the, to the, club the club of all the names. <laughs> right? You're trying to keep all the names in one place and it gets a little yes. confusing. Well, I got to ask you the question I ask everyone on this podcast. What is yeah. the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Uh, I would say when I was younger, my parents, in different ways, they said it, but it was like all around the same time when I was six years old. And they said this to both my sister and I, and they were like, you were created to create. Wow. And I think that that just, I mean, when I look at my life and everything that's happened since then, I was like, yeah, that was like foundational advice for my life that I still hold on to and I still think about on a regular basis. So... Yeah, so I think good. I think that has to be <laughs> the yeah. best advice. I would say that's carried you pretty far in life. And that that's always, I think, when you look at the best piece of advice someone's been given, it really does carry them throughout their life. Oh, yeah. And so to see that that has been such a pivotal piece of advice for you and your sister and your family is just so creative. That's so cool. Um, yeah. For those who don't know you, I know you have a huge following, so most people do know you. Um, and if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're listening on podcasts, you can't see, but if you're watching on YouTube, you can see all the beautiful artwork behind well. you. You are an incredible <laughs> artist, poet, author, all the things. And so tell us a little bit about yourself, about your creations that you've made and just the journey that you've been on. Yeah, so I am a visual artist and also a music artist and a poet and a writer. So lots of words, lots of art in a lot of different ways. Awesome. <laughs> Honestly, a lot of what I do can be summed up into that. So over the past few years, I've just had the opportunity to make art that are part of different collections and Target, Barnes and Nobles and things with Incredible. journals and artwork and all that kind of fun stuff. So 
Yeah, in a lot of ways, like I'm, I'm doing stuff that I feel like six-year-old me would be really happy about. So wow. I, I just make a lot of art and I, I put it out there and I'm, I'm very blessed that other people connect with it. <laughs> That's so cool. You know what's crazy is uh, today I was watching this video of me whenever I was five, which was so random um, that you mentioned that about your six-year-old self because at five years old, I was literally preaching on this table to my parents. And <laughs> I, I said in this video, I said, even if I'm famous one day I'm not gonna think about me I'm gonna give it to God and I was just like giving this message at five years old and now here I am at 24 years old doing the same thing and sometimes I do think that um, man God just put this originality in us at this young age and for everyone like that Mm -hmm. that part of our originality is a part of our purpose right Mm -hmm. and you see that bleed through in every year of your life and when you look back you're like man I think I've been doing this since I was six and maybe that's God just preparing you to do the thing that you're going to do well um I think that that. is so so cool I actually saw in your YouTube video that you were talking about how um you know people might have this perspective of an entrepreneur or an influencer and they think okay well this person just has always done this or they always wanted to do this and sometimes it's actually a little bit more to us more of the story to that maybe there's some hard things that you have to go through in order to get to the place that you're at and I love that you shared that because I do think that people have this perspective of influencers online that you know that would be the easy way out that would be the way to live your life because that would just mean you just made it and everything's easy but you kind of talk about how it was it was hard and so can you share your story of becoming this influential person this entrepreneur type person and how that really started yeah so i definitely you know like many people these days like i grew up with in my early teen years like i mean i'm a little older so social social media was my space (laughs) but even like if my space wasn't your first sort of introduction it's like a lot of us at this point have spent very formative years of our life like being online in some capacity and just even the idea of like having a profile and what's on that profile and who's seeing it and all that it's been a part of a lot of our lives so in that way like i don't feel like i'm any different than anyone else in that i was just exposed to it and i saw it and it became a part of our lives um and my life when i was in my teenage years and i really struggled with um because at the same time i knew i was very creative and i like to make things and i like to share but I never felt like I could really find like my groove, if you will, like putting mm-hmm. my art out there. And yeah. I even went through a whole phase of like, I don't need the internet. I'm just gonna do things the old fashioned way. And just <laughs> like, this is back when I was doing music, like just go out there and try to play shows and try to do music. But I ended up discovering that, like, and I think this is something that a lot of people don't realize is like, not everything is for everybody. So not all musicians mm. like are just designed to like perform live shows. Like yeah, wow. I have a sister who's very high energy. And I mean, she can do hundreds of dates in a year and I can do like three or five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, so I really struggled with like, how do you find that balance between like feeling like you're called to create, but also like not always feeling like you can keep up with everything. So I was starting yeah. to feel that way in like the, the real world but then i was also starting to feel that way online because Mm -hmm. i just felt like i was seeing people on instagram and youtube who are doing all these amazing things with the photography and the art and i was just like i just can't keep up with everyone like i just always felt like 
I was behind, but at the same time, I love to share. So it was just this, it was this constant conflict between wanting to share and not really knowing how, not really knowing how to connect with people. So I would say that it was probably from age like 14 to 27, which is me going back and forth between a lot of different things so many different blogs and instagram accounts and am i a photographer am i this am i that am i a blogger all this stuff so yeah that was a very long time and then when i was 27 i got i'm sorry 26 when i was 26 i just got so overwhelmed and i was just like i'm tired of trying stuff and stuff not working out Mm -hmm. and i ended up writing a poem about that feeling and that is the thing that ended up going viral and it wow. got repinned over a hundred thousand times no so way. it was fascinating to me because it was like wow all along the thing that was going to connect with people was not having it figured out but it was about talking about not having it figured out wow <laughs> and oh that my. ended up being the thing that i was like oh so i can just share from my own doubt and insecurity and uncertainty and and the way that I write like I don't even always share like the specific details of my story but I talk about the feelings because in one way or another we're always dealing with some kind of uncertainty Mm -hmm. so many people are dealing with some kind of insecurity or question in their life Mm -hmm. so I was like yeah I'm just gonna focus on talking about that and, and the grace that we can find within that so yeah Y'all, I love summertime. It is my favorite season and I'm so excited to jump back in. We are approaching the best time of the year. But no matter what your summer looks like, KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to enjoy their first summer adventure series. Kids can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks, no matter what their age is, with enriching activities that accompany each project. KiwiCo has something for everyone with different topics for each age from space to dinosaurs and so much more. I am so excited about the summer series. We actually are getting this little driver that I know Haven is going to love because it's a little steering wheel and she loves anything active and also a little like neighborhood fun one where they have a water paint thing, which is so good because it's not going to make a mess and Honey is so into painting right now. And painting with a three-year-old, yeah, that's just hard. So I'm excited for the no mess. KiwiCo offers kids a chance to get outside and explore screen-free with projects like the Bottle Rocket Kit from the Summer Adventure Series. They can turn the outdoors into a playground of learning and fun. Every Summer Adventure Series with KiwiCo is a personalized experience that includes real engineering, science, and art projects. And you'll be impressed with how high quality all the materials are. Everything we've gotten from KiwiCo has been absolutely amazing and such high quality. I know sometimes it can be hard to find creative, engaging ways to keep your kids away from the screens and just having fun, but KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can focus on spending fun and quality time tackling projects together. The KiwiCo Summer Adventure Series is personalized to your family and can be received all at once or weekly for six weeks, depending on your schedule. If you like it all at once, that's great, or space it out a little bit. Build the best summer ever with KiwiCo. Get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash sadie rob summer that's 20 percent off your summer adventure at kiwico k-i-w-i-c-o dot com slash sadie rob summer
spring is a great time to start something new, right? So whether it's cleaning or a new hobby or a new audiobook, a good story is always a great way to start a new journey and Audible has all that you need. I come from a family of great storytellers, so I know Audible is the home of storytelling, which is where I want to be. Audible lets you enjoy all your favorite audio entertainment together in one app. There's always something new to discover or you can rediscover some of your old favorites. Audible has an incredible selection of audiobooks from every genre like bestsellers, new releases, memoirs, mysteries and thrillers, business and more. It is the destination for mind-blowing entertainment with selections of mystery and thrillers that will keep your heart racing. And with next listen recommendations, there's always something irresistible at your fingertips. Plus, members get full access to a huge and growing selection of included audiobooks and Audible originals and even podcasts like, well, that's good. So you can download them or stream them anytime, anywhere. Audible members can also pick one title each month to keep from the entire catalog, which is some serious benefits, y'all. The newly included selection of titles makes your Audible membership even more valuable and gives you the chance to discover your next favorite thing. With thousands of titles available, you're definitely going to find something that you love all in one convenient app. So I know some of you are into, you know, thrillers, crime, mystery. And I got to be honest, that's not really been my thing. So I told Bella, okay, Bella, tell me what I could like listen to that wouldn't scare me, but I would like be into it. And she told me about this title called The Last Thing He Told Me by Laura Dave. And so I started it and John Luke loved it too. And so I'm just now on the cusp of it. And y'all, let me tell you, it is very entertaining. You do want to listen to see what happened next. So if y'all are into that, Audible is a great place to find those too. New members can try Audible now for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash Woe or just text Woe to 500 500. That's audible, A U D I B L E dot com slash Woe or text Woe to 500 500 to try Audible for free for 30 days. Yeah, wow, that's so beautiful. And people connect with those feelings. I remember um, my sister wrote this book, and it's a poetry book. And she was so nervous about putting it out because she was like, when I put this out, everyone's going to see me. Like, they're going to see my flaws. They're going to see the things that I went through. And I told her, I said, Bella, you know what's interesting is that when people read a book, just like when you read someone else's book, you're never thinking, oh, the author went through this. You're thinking, that is my story. That's me. That's what I went through. And people really don't don't need another person to be perfect. They don't need to see another person who's filtered and perfect and flawless because it's really unrelatable. But people need to see um, people who like you are like, hey, I don't have it all figured out. I'm sitting here for the past 10 years trying to figure it out. And someone else say, wow, that's me too. And I think that's so inspiring. And I also think it's so inspiring that you would share the timeline from 14 to 26 because I think um, in this day and age, people just want things to happen so fast. And the reality is, um, that's just not the way most things work. You know, I think we see them as fast from our perspective, because, you know, you might see someone on social media, make a post, and it's like, all of a sudden, it was like, everything's great. But you don't know, like, that was five years in the making, you know, you don't know, you don't see the struggle, you don't see the making of it. And so I think that that is so uh, beautiful. Uh, I want to talk about your new book. And I'm going to go ahead and bring this up because there's a question in there. I want to go ahead and get to but you have a new book coming out next week. Uh, by the time this podcast comes out, it's 
called Peace is a Practice, the invitation to breathe deep and find a new rhythm in life. And I know that just by saying that title, people out there are like, yes, give it to me. I need to know how to make peace a practice in my life. Um, I want to talk to you, though, about just that aspect of what your purpose is, because you talk about how so many uh, young people and people of age feel peace is out of grasp because they don't know their purpose yet and don't know how to find their purpose. You say, rather than focusing on getting every detail right for the unknown future, you can go deeper into the details of the story that's already been written. And I thought that was so beautiful. Can you kind of speak to that aspect of, speak to the person right now who's having this purpose anxiety of, I don't know what my future looks like. I don't want to wait 10 years. I don't know how to figure it out, you know? Uh, Speak to that person who's kind of in that anxious midst right now. Oh, yes, yes. So I feel like I can I can really relate to that because that is my story. And I spent, like you said, I spent so many years getting caught up in the details of like, what do I do? You know, who am I? You know, what are the words that I'm going to put in the bio? Like that, that right. say, this is who I am and this is what I do. And it was only when I recognized that that's actually not what's filling me. What's what's mm. what's fueling all of this is knowing what's beneath the layers and knowing what's driven, what, what's what's been carrying me all along. And for me, that was grace and seeing God's grace woven through my life. Mm. And I was like, I need to make my, my the purpose of what I do about what's been there all along and that needs to be the purpose the purpose is to share grace with others Hmm. and it was by focusing on that first that i then began to see oh sharing grace with others through art oh well sometimes i do that through writing yeah. Oh, well, sometimes I do that through, um, oh, wow, when we were living in an apartment and my neighbor next door is being really, 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 really loud and <laughs> not going next door and like being upset about it and just saying, hey, let's just see how this plays out. You know, yeah. it's like there's so many different ways that that could be to the point that even when I'm not creating, even when I'm not sharing, even if all these platforms and ways of us sharing went away tomorrow, that that grace stays the same mm-hmm. and I can still share from that place so to me that I feel like I want to talk about that more because I I hope that it can take that pressure off of like yeah you're not going to have all the details like it's not there's not a single person on this planet that has all the details and has always known exactly what they were doing how they were going to do it there's not a single person doesn't matter who you look at so what we all have in common is that we're all learning as we go. So yes. let's focus on what grounds us first. And then from there, we can continue to try new things without yes. constantly having to worry about, you know, how it's going to play out. Because, like, I honestly feel like if somebody told me when I was, when I was, so I, I'm about, I'm 32, about to turn 32 in a few days. And if someone had told me when I was 22, that, hey, so you're gonna be living in Arizona and you're gonna be making abstract art and you're gonna be writing poetry and you're gonna be talking on this thing called a podcast, I would've been like, no, no, I'm not. Like, that is not a part of my 10 year plan. I'm a touring musician. Like, I never would've thought that I would be where I am today. And it's it's so fascinating to think, I'm like, well, what is that story now? You know, what's that story for me at 32 year old Morgan? What if if forty two year old Morgan could talk to me now and yes. say, 
hey, here's what you're going to be doing. I'd probably be like, no, I'm not. That's crazy. That's not my <laughs> life. So it's like, yeah, I can't, as much as I, I want to be able to see that blueprint, I can't. Yeah. I have to learn how to lean into the grace that helps me move through every aspect of that blueprint as I learn it. That's so good. Wow, I love that so much. Um, Bob Goff says something that I think is so good. He says, always keep your 10 10 years younger of yourself in mind and 10 years ahead of yourself in mind because then you'll give yourself grace for where you're at, you know? And I think that that is so true. It's like, okay, I'm not where maybe I'm going and I'm not where I used to be, but man, Mm -hmm. right here is a good place to be, you know? Um, I love that aspect of grace. And I saw one of your YouTube videos. I love your little pockets of videos, the short ones. And you said um, you had this artwork and you said, I love this piece of art, not necessarily because it's like the best piece ever, but because you weren't critical of yourself when you were doing it. And I think that, you know, people look at you and you've made it into Target, Barnes & Noble, all these big places. You you are clearly such a talented artist, but to hear that you still even struggle with being your own worst critic, how do you get to the place that you feel confident enough to let your work be seen even whenever you're still wrestling through that critical aspect of um, your own work? Oh yeah, that's such a good question. So I am huge on creating time and space between create creativity and sharing Mm -hmm. so when i paint something for instance you know you can see that there are paintings behind me i have not i painted those i think three months ago Mm -hmm. and i still haven't officially shared them because i recognize that i need this thing to exist like as something like because i think i believe that when i'm creating something Yes, I'm creating it to share with others, but a lot of times through the stuff I create, God is speaking to me through what I've created to me. So I'm like, even with these paintings, I was hoping to make these paintings from a place of of just joy and just like trying to create joyful paintings, like just Mm -hmm. with joyful colors that just fostered a sense of joy. And I'm like, I need to experience that joy before I worry about other people experiencing it so i have a rule for myself i typically the minimum is 24 hours between when i create something and share it but the max will sometimes be months or even i've gone as i've gone as far as a year like Mm -hmm. i have like a little video that i've been working on and i'm like it's just not quite ready yet and i've been working Mm -hmm. on this video for like seven months so i'm a huge believer in that because i think that especially as the world becomes more complicated and people and and we feel so rushed to like speak about things or say things in real time we have to give ourselves permission to say no we don't have to move that fast and we can pace yes. ourselves through it so it's been really cool because i had a i had a moment where it was it was on valentine's day of 2020 wow. i got for the first time i got to see um it was like a painted quote that i did on display in mm-hmm. in an anthropology store and it was just a huge moment for me. I was just like, I could die now. Like, I mean, That's I never, like, I was <laughs> like, how did this even happen? So it was a huge moment for me. But it was so surreal because I was like, the artwork that's in that particular, on that shirt, in that display, I was like, I made that two years before for somebody who had DM'd me and I was like, here's something I just made with you in mind. I did not make that ever wow. thinking that it would turn into you know, a product or any of that. I was like, I literally just made this for that one person in that one moment. Hmm. And it's like, yeah, I, 
I can't take the credit for what happened. I was like, that was for me, that was God working through all those details to bring that to fruition two years later. So I always just try to remind myself of that because now, now I'll have moments. I'm like, Ooh, I wonder if this is going to be, you know, big or, or this is going to be my next thing. And I'm almost always wrong. (laughs) Oh, me too. Me too. It's the things that you think this might make it that don't get attention. And the things that you're doing for your friend that happens to get out there. That is the thing. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. And I think that's so cool. I love that you shared that. And actually, I'm working on this message right now that I'm about to um, put out about David and just his anointing and how, you know, he was anointed, but then he went back to being with the sheep, right? And then I love how there's this moment where the king saw they, they need someone to play music for him. And how someone in the palace was like, oh, well, Jesse's son, like, he plays music. Like, he's really good. We should bring him in. And I just am kind of making this point that David didn't have to promote himself, right? Like, yeah. he was just gifted. He was just doing his thing. He was literally out there with the sheep, playing his music, being faithful with what he had. And then he gets brought into the palace. And yeah. he didn't have to promote himself. He didn't have to strive. He didn't have to push it. He didn't have to schedule a meeting with the king. Like, it was just yeah. God put um, a gifting on his life. And God... God did the promotion, you know, God put the breath behind it. And I think that that really is when you get to that place where you just trust God with the gift that he's given you and the timing that, you know, this gift is going to get out to people, even if that timing is one person or a million people or a hundred people, like waiting on his timing is so worth it. And I just, I love your story. I think it's just going to bring so much life to so many people because, what you're saying is so obtainable. It's just living, it's just breathing, and it goes so much along with what you write write in the book. I wanna talk about this other quote that you said. You said, for even when we haven't seen the other side of the issue we are facing, we are so worthy of breathing deep and knowing peace is right here amid, um, sorry, right here amid them. And I love how you talk about how we're worthy of knowing peace. So what do you feel like, why do you feel like you wanted to get this message out of reminding people that, hey, you're worthy of feeling this peace? Because you're so right how you talk about how people are so quick to feel like, I have to get this out. Yeah. I, have to, I have to post every single day or the algorithm mm-hmm. will change or I have to grind, I have to hustle. And you're saying, actually, no, you're worthy of just waiting. You're worthy mm-hmm. of just like resting. You're worthy of God speaking to you before you ha- are having to put it out to the world. And so yeah. what's that message? for you uh, that you're telling people of, like actually you're worthy of peace how'd that hit you in your own life oh yeah so for me I mean that was very very personal because so a year ago I actually received a diagnosis that I'm autistic wow. and it was during that um I missed everything like I mean that it was a huge life-altering moment mm. for me and for me it was a very empowering and healing thing to mm. have those answers um and to have that language for what i have been going through yeah and my specialist says something to me that will always stand out to me 
And after giving me my formal diagnosis, she said, and it's not your fault. Hmm. And I just started bawling. Like, <laughs> like I'm actually not somebody who just cries a lot, like hmm. just in front of people. But I wow. just started bawling because I realized in that moment, I was like, I've been putting so much pressure on myself. And even though I hadn't told myself like, hey, it's your fault, but I've totally. been putting so much pressure on myself to take full responsibility for all of the pressures, all of the stresses, everything that was going on and saying, this is my problem to fix. It's all on mm. me. It's all on me. And and if I, I often felt like if I couldn't sort through my anxiety or the stress that I was dealing with, then it was my fault. And then I was unworthy of experiencing mm. peace and that I couldn't take a deep breath until I figured everything out. So wow. that moment became a starting point for me to really explore what it meant to breathe deep without having the answers, breathe deep wow. without knowing how everything was going to come together and knowing that's like, yeah, you're worthy of that because your body was literally created to breathe. And that's not mm. something that is held back from you when there's uncertainty mm. in your life. That's something that you still have access to even when you're in a low place. Mm. So I just found that to be very, very, um, very healing and peaceful to even think about. Even when I think right. about writing for people that I don't know, I'm like, I don't know what those uncertainties are in your life. Mm -hmm. But I do know as long as you're here breathing, that's something that you were given on purpose. So yes. keep taking those deep breaths. Yes, it's so often that um, the gifts that we have that we use so often that God's given us, like we take them for granted, right? Mm -hmm. Like breathing, breathing is something yeah. that you just are like, oh yeah, I just do that because that's just what I do. But breathing yeah. is such a gift and putting intention behind your breath really is so important. I remember um, just echoing what you're saying that that breath really can take you a long way. I remember uh, whenever I was on Dance with the Stars, I'm 17 years old and I'm feeling like the stress of the world and the pressure of everybody um, knowing who I am now and having to perform well and all this stuff and I was so tense like literally so tense and um, I didn't know how tense I was until one day um, they brought in this basically like massage person but he was like chiropractor doctor he was mm -hmm. just trying to help everyone who had like been injured because all of us were injured at that point and mm. um, I lay down for him to kind of work on me and when I lay down he's like relaxed and I'm like I am relaxed and he said, your butt's not touching the ground. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I literally was not, like my back and my butt were completely off the table. I was that tense and I didn't even oh, realize wow. it. And he said, you're a Christian, right? And I said, yes. And he said, you know, God like breathed life into existence. And he said, I want you to take some time right now before I do anything. And I want you to breathe life into every part of your body. I want you to intentionally think about your arms and I want you to breathe life into them. And I want you to think about your legs. I want you to breathe life. And I sat there and gosh, it like, it, it just... I can't even tell you how powerful that moment was it's a, mm -hmm. to the point I still remember it, you know, that yeah. I just sat there and breathed intentional breath into each part of my body. And I felt so much rest. And that was like a very physical representation of what you're saying of, yeah. you know, breathing. And I love that. Actually, that story came to mind as soon as I read your subtitle, the invitation to breathe deep and find a new rhythm, because it really just, uh, 
sets you um, back to that place of peace when you just take a breath. And so I love that. And I saw your video on you being diagnosed with autism, and I thought it was so powerful that you shared that because people look at you and, you know, are so inspired by you. And for you to share something that's so relatable to so many people and them to see, like, look at all the stuff you're doing. Look at how you've still pushed on and done, done all these things with the challenges that you face. And I love how you posted, you said that um, as soon as you posted that you were diagnosed with autism, people were like messaging your family and saying like, I'm so sorry to hear about Morgan and all this stuff yeah. and how you were really bothered by that as, yeah. as I can see, as you should be. Uh, and I feel like people, you know, might be in that same position where they were diagnosed with something or something unfortunate, maybe might seem unfortunate to the outside world what's happened to them and people like feel sorry for them and they're like wait no like don't look at me like that can you just speak to that person kind of from your experience of what um that did when people said that and maybe a better way for people to respond when it comes to people being diagnosed with something like that oh yes yes and thank you for for speaking to that because it it is a very it's been a very interesting journey just seeing some of the responses that people have had because it's it's like yes being autistic does come with many challenges but at the same time like the messages my family members are getting but it's not like i had passed away yeah i'm still here (laughs) like i'm still the same person you've always known um and it was it was just very interesting because i was like oh wow for some people just because of their lack of knowledge, like they see this as something it's like, oh wow, like her life is just really going downhill. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't wanna, I, you know, I don't wanna negate at all that, you know, because autism is a spectrum, there are people yeah. who their day-to-day life looks a lot different than what my day to life looks like. And yes, there are real challenges and struggles and and that, you know, that aren't even all my experiences. However, at the same time, it's like I, I and, and just in, in learning from other autistic people who have been sharing is that it's very valuable that we see people in, in a more holistic way and that mm. we don't just see people for, oh, okay, here's a diagnosis and everything that is quote unquote yeah. wrong with them. And it's like, here's what, here's what makes this person, you know, able to get the support that they need and able to get the help and the language around their story. So yeah, it's something I I am definitely still learning how to talk about because, you know, even I remember being so nervous and, and when you were just sharing about your experience on Dancing with the Stars, like being so nervous when it's like, it's almost like when you feel like you're you're doing something new that you've never done before but then you're doing it in front of everybody (laughs) so that is 10 times scarier (laughs) (laughs) yeah and that's how I felt with sharing my diagnosis I was like I was so afraid that I was like going to get the terminology wrong or you know that I was going to just say the wrong thing or not capitalize the right right word or forget a comma and it gets misinterpreted (laughs) and it's like wow it takes a lot it's so much pressure to one just go through that process but two to share it so yeah. it's definitely something i'm i'm still figuring out but that's why i'm i'm committed to sharing it because i want to show people the realness of it i'm like yeah i'm still learning how to respond to what other people say like i haven't figured that out you know just totally. because i 
have books out there and followers and stuff. I haven't figured that stuff out. I'm a human and I'm figuring this out as I go. Totally. So that was my biggest hope was sharing that, just showing yeah. people like, yeah, this is this is what it's been like and it's something that I'm I'm still working through and, and mm-hmm. I'm still dealing with every day. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I love how you've said so many times in this podcast that you're still learning and you're a learner. I'm like the biggest advocate for always saying a learner and a student of life. And I think with social media, there's almost this pressure that everyone has to be an expert. And it's like, we're just not experts at everything. You know, there are very few people who can actually say they're an expert at something, you know? (laughs) Uh, And and even they are still learning in so many other areas of life. And it's okay to give your yourself that grace to say like I don't know what all this means and I love how also you're saying like you 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 didn't change like yes it it was a big life-changing moment for you but you're still the same person and I do think that sometimes um we have this tendency in our culture to just peg people as one thing and their whole Mm -hmm. identity becomes wrapped around this one thing and we are Mm -hmm. just so much more unique than that like we all just have so much more to us that we're like so more well-rounded than that you know (laughs) and so yeah that might be a part of who you are and that's a part of your story that's not everything you know Mm -hmm. and so I love that you're just sharing that there's such freedom in that you know I love it. Um, One thing you do talk about is about just like the difficulty of finding community as an adult. And Mm -hmm. that's for everybody. And that's been something I've been talking about a lot as well. And so how do you do it? You know, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're busy, you're an artist. What does that journey look like for you, Morgan Harper Nichols, to find community? Because I have found that people think that if you have a lot of followers, you have good community immediately. And that's not true. It's still hard for people to build community. And so what does that look like? Do you have any advice for people who are seeking that community in their own life? Mm, Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up because that is something that I am very passionate about. And I'm somebody who grew up, I mean, from a very young age, I struggle with with making friends. Mm. And one of the biggest things that was, one, it was just being autistic. For me, that was something that, that made it challenging for me to find friends. And then also, too, I, I am a preacher's kid, and I distinctly mm. remember hearing kids, like, tell my sister and I why they didn't want to be friends with us, because, you know, wow. we, were, we were the preacher's kids, and oh, you know, y'all are, it was just all kinds of just wild assumptions that were made. And that often left me just feeling very alone. And even as I got older, that was something I still struggled with. So one area that I've really found a lot of peace in my life when it comes to friendship and community is that regardless of what I see online or in media or in movies or even in other people's lives, is that there is no certain number of people that you have to be able to call friends and hang out with as a group of friends that makes that community valid. Some of my best friends right now are friends who live all over the place. We barely ever see each other anymore. (laughs) We just text like... We'll respond to each other's text like a whole month and a half after the first one <laughs> sent the text. And it's like, that's okay. That is yep. community too. It's like seeing a whole bunch of people in a photo <laughs> together, taking a group photo. It's just one version of what community can that's look like. So true. And 
Yeah, and I just I want to talk about that more, and I and I wrote it I wrote in my book an actual practice that I've incorporated to remind myself of this, and I want to share with others, and that is this concept of creating your own personal bibliography. So if you look in the back of a, a lot of nonfiction books, you'll see where they've referenced other authors and you'll see mm -hmm. like the, all the, you know, annotations of all these different people. And one day I was looking at one of these bibliographies in a book and I noticed that a lot of the authors that were mentioned, I was like, oh, these authors all kind of reference each other. I was like, they're kind of like a community of authors. Mm -hmm. And I was like, isn't that interesting? I'm like, I don't even know if these people are real life friends or if they hang out, but they are a part of a community of people who are on the same page and writing about the same thing. That's cool. So what I did was I bought myself like a hard, like a really thick, hard bound journal. And I've started my own bibliography of just wow. writing down all the little notes of people that I've either read songs that I've heard and people that I've met in my life that I might not even hang out with anymore but who have impacted my life in some way and the advice or the wisdom and the words that are spoken to me. And I'm like, that too is community. It's also wow. a form of community to just be able to look back and see, wow, I've been able to encounter all this wisdom, all these moments of being seen in this special way. So yeah, wow. I'm all about just exploring all the different ways that, that we can have community. That is so cool. I want to do that. Like I yeah. love learning from other people, which is a part of why I started a podcast because yeah. <laughs> I want to learn from people's advice. And even we have this wall out there that I'll go write advice that I heard from someone on the podcast or someone awesome. in life. And I just, I love that. You know, I have, when you look at the notes in my phone, it's just things people have said, even my friends, or like, I was at lunch with this person and they said this, yeah. but I need like a book to put that yes. in. And it's so true yes. because community is like a reminder that you're not alone, you know? And so mm -hmm. even that, like you said, is an aspect of community, knowing that like, hey, I'm not alone in this world. Like I've learned yeah. from this person or that person. And it was actually funny yesterday I was doing this podcast and I was like, oh, one time my mentor told me and I said, Actually, that's not true. I heard this. I heard this girl on the stage say this, and I took it very personally. Yeah. <laughs> like, my mentor, she's this like speaker who I heard one time. But like, I, I viewed it as like so personal, and that yeah. that is community, you know. Oh my gosh, and so I love that. <laughs> I, I love that you said that. The last thing I want to ask you about. Um, I just thought this was such a good point. You wrote that if it's peace we are looking for, getting into the gritty details of our feelings and experiences is where we should start. And I think so many people have this perspective of peace that if you want peace, just go take a nap, right? Just yeah. <laughs> go on vacation, go sit on the beach somewhere, like that's peace. But true peace is really not just resting. It's not just sleeping the day away. And in fact, you what you put is almost opposite. It's getting into that gritty details to work through those feelings. And so how has getting into the gritty details for you led you to peace? And what's your encouragement yeah. for people who might fear you know that aspect of peace yeah it's what i found is that you know in one way or another in our lives we're all in some kind of wilderness mm. and the way that we find peace in that wilderness is not ignoring the wilderness it's not yeah. saying oh wow it feels so good to not be in the wilderness and <laughs> you're very much so in the wilderness yeah so what i found though is that when you slow down in the wilderness and you accept that this is where i am oftentimes if you slow down and listen you can start to hear and you're traveling through 
you might just hear a river. You might just hear the mm-hmm. rush of the river. Find your way to the river in the wild. That wow. is what peace is. It's not the annihilation of discomfort. It doesn't mean everything bad goes away. It's saying, hey, this is the reality of where we are, of where mm-hmm. I am. And at the same time, I am free to practice seeking out that river. And what I love about rivers is that they're not just like, you can't just like, in most places, for most of us, like we can't just look out the window and just see a a beautiful flowing river right outside our window. Some people can, and that's amazing. But for a lot of us, we see sidewalks or, or concrete or grass. And a river is something we have to take time to go out and seek and find if we want to see it. Mm. And that is why I like to think of peace like a river. I think of the song in as well with myself, peace like a river, because mm. it, it reminds us that, yeah, right here, right now, amidst everything that's going on, peace is something that we can practice finding our way to. So that is what I, I hope to communicate and, and show with other pe- show other people is that the reason why peace is possible is not because we can figure out everything in the present moment. Peace is possible because we can find grace in the present moment to wow. keep finding those moments to breathe. So Wow. Yeah. I must say, whoa, that's good on that one. <laughs> that's so good. I love that. Well, I have enjoyed this conversation so much. I've honestly learned so much and want to take so many of these things and put them into practice in my own life. Friends, if you like this conversation, this is just like a, we're just scratching the surface of this book that she has coming out next week. Peace is a practice, the invitation to breathe deep and find a new rhythm in life. Girl, you're amazing. I'm so thankful for the influence that you have. I'm so thankful for the art that you create and put out into the world. And thank you so much for taking the time and being on the Will That's Good podcast. Yes, and thank you as well. I really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. 